And we are live with another episode of Comic Talk. It's that show brought to you by The Key, where we talk about this week's new releases of comics, whether they're DC, Marvel, or indie. Uh, if you guys don't know, new DC comics come out on Tuesdays. New Marvel comics come out on Wednesdays. Uh, indie comics also come out on Wednesdays. And we're here on a Thursday, January 12th, 2023, to talk about this week's releases. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. And uh, if you're watching this live stream, you're watching this on Twitch or YouTube, slash the Keeg Show, or you listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you can see us live, you can see exactly who is on this show because it's not just me. I'm just the host. Uh, sure, we all read a bunch of comics, but uh, it's not just me. No, in fact, we got the return of Manny Batista. Manny, Manny's picks. Yes, Manny picked Comic Talk today. Yes, it's nice to finally be back. I know it's been a minute, but I'm excited to talk this week's comics. I've read a lot, so. Yeah. you it, Does it feel like going back to your old high school and just kind of walking around being like, hey. Uh, hey. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's oh, it's that guy. He he graduated, but now he's back for, you know, for just, uh, you know, however long. Hopefully more often now. Hopefully more often. I would love to. I would love to have you back. Oh, yeah. Um, Manny, uh, how's TikTok been treating you? I mean, it's uh, been a couple of months. I took, took a little break, uh, cause I was working holiday retail and that's really hard. Um, mm -hmm. but I have got content in the works to be back pretty soon, which is very exciting. Uh, so, great. uh, those of you listening, keep a lookout on my page. There should be some more comic stuff and some Ultraman stuff coming up and maybe some anime stuff. So. Got a variety of things. That you do. On. You're Mr. Variety. Like, you're all <laughs> over the place. Like, I have my, like, things that I like. And then you're just, you're like, hey, you ever heard about this, like, Serbian comic? Like, <laughs> Serbian comic? He's like, yes, you gotta, you gotta read it in its original Serbian. <laughs> I like comics. I'm like, oh, right? shit. <laughs> I mean, good for you, Manny. Uh, but welcome. Welcome back, Manny. We also got Drew Maxi, aka Drew Deficit. I am glad we haven't had a deficit of Drew. I mean, it's been pretty much uh, uh, once a month since you started, right, Drew? It's yeah. I mean, I've been I've been making the rounds. You have That's, been. Yeah, I'm 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 here. Uh, yeah. How, how's your guys's How's your guys' New Year going? Good. Like, good. What's 2023 like for you guys? Uh exciting so far so is it actually yeah uh i mean anything anything you are able to talk about i mean just like new job finally getting to getting back to creating content so mm -hmm. uh i got to see shin ultraman last night so that's super exciting when you mentioned ultraman i was gonna ask if like ha did you go see it yet yes in theaters and it's as awesome as i expected it to be what is there to see uh, so you know, you do you remember Shin Godzilla a couple years ago? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They the weird looking did, one thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they recently did that for Ultraman, Shin Ultraman, and it has a like a two night release, one yesterday and one tonight. Uh, mm -hmm. and it's essentially a throwback to old like nineteen sixties era uh, Showa era Ultraman stuff, and it's really good. That is. Another thing you're interested in. It's just like, come on, man. Tokusatsu. You gotta calm down. 
You ever you ever uh, think about just like not reading comics ever? Not being into all this stuff? Uh I would lose a part of myself, I think. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> how Manny, I that's yeah. Manny, do you do you uh do you prefer to read in print or digital or, do, or does it matter? Uh I will read anywhere that I can get comics. Uh, okay, so when this is done, uh, when we're done talking here, uh, I'm going to get your email address. Uh, I'm going to send you the two issues of the Tokusatsu comic that I wrote. I remember you talking about that on your page, and I want to read them. Please send them to me. Okay. I it's, I mean, like, just they're, they're not that great. I've learned how to be a better writer since then. But that was my first foray into, like, writing comic scripts. And uh, I think it's a real. I thought it was a really cool idea. So uh, I'm I'm interested to see what you, as a Tokusatsu fan, uh, think about uh, uh, you know the story that we came up with before it all fell apart and we didn't do any more issues. But I'm looking forward to checking that out. I think that more there should be more Tokusatsu inspired comics because it's it's so easily uh, transitions into comics. They're just superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, I, I, I did not venture into it thinking that I was going to make a tokusatsu comic, but can, that's can someone tell out. me what a tokusatsu comic is? Um, what does that, what does that mean? So tokusatsu broadly defined is a genre that focuses on practical special effects, but there's, I uh, think early Godzilla movies, right. and monster suits, right. Tokusatsu. And that can sort of be further expanded into, Henshin hero stuff, which means transforming heroes. So think Power Rangers, uh, its original Japanese Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Ultraman. So when people say okay. like a tokusatsu comic, they usually either mean big monsters or transforming heroes. And, transforming and mine... heroes. Is that like Sentai? That's like Sentai, right? Yes, exactly. Is, that, is Sentai a genre or a brand of something? Uh, it is a, think Power Rangers, but in yeah. Japan, that's that show. Super Sentai. Oh, I thought Sentai was a genre. Okay. Like, Mass no, Rider is not... is the genre. Okay, Tokusatsu is the genre. Okay. Okay, yeah, cool. And, now I know. And so, like, a few years back, I wrote this, uh, uh, I wrote this comic that ended up being, like, a Henshin Tokusatsu comic about mm -hmm. uh, a girl who uh, transforms into, like, a Sentai type of character because she was obsessed with it when she was a kid, and she gets the uh she gets like uh superpowers based on her memory and positive memories and she relates these positive memories to this television show she watched when she was a kid um it's a little bit in poor taste because at the time i took a lot of jabs at uh jason david frank um clearly oh. you know right now that's not yeah. really you know so kosher but you know at the time i just thought it was kind of funny to poke fun at somebody who i really liked so yeah um, I love the fact that like we span the gamut of like what just geekery, comic books, and whatnot. Um, so I'm always very like whenever these shows come up. I mean, it's every week, every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. <laughs> Eastern. But uh, you know, I I kind of get my recommendations from you guys. So I know that you guys read a lot of indie. Uh, not read a lot of indie. I mean, you guys always read a lot of indie, but like um. There's some good indie picks uh, from this week that I do want to hear about. But uh, what did you guys read this week? I want to know what your guys is uh, what was on your guys's list. Uh, Manny, you want to go first? 
Sure. I read Amazing Spider-Man 17, Human Target 10, Miles Morales Spider-Man number 2, Grim number 7, Lazarus Planet Alpha, Danger Street number 2, Monica Rambeau Photon number 2, Dark Ride number 4, Avengers War Cross Time number 1, Crashing number 5, and Black Cloak number 1. That is a good that is a good amount of comics. Yeah. Drew, what do you got? I read uh Batman and Joker, the Deadly Duo, number three. Uh-huh. Uh, Flash, seven ninety. Uh-huh. Danger Street, number two. Okay. Human Target, number ten. Okay. Uh, Black Cloak, number one. All right. Uh, uh, we got the uh, uh, Lazarus Planet Alpha. And right, then, of course. Uh, I read a couple of the stories in Batman: Urban Legends twenty three, which is the final issue of that book. Okay. Uh, here's a, here's a question, especially when we're talking about like Batman urban legends, but like anthology books, just kind of in general, when it comes to anthology books, do you guys skip back and forth between little stories that are on the inside? Or do you read like all the little stories that are on the inside? Depends on the book. I mean, it, it, it really does. Um, you know, a lot of times with like, with like the urban legend stuff, what I've been doing is mostly kind of like paying attention to uh, like if a writer I really like did a story in there, maybe I'll go read that first. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, I might read some other books and then I'll come back to it and like check out the people, you know, the stuff from creators I don't know, you know? Right. Okay. I'm sort of Manny, is that boat. roughly you? Yeah, I usually jump to like, ooh, that one stands out, and I'll read that. Like, I didn't read all of Batman Urban Legends because I hadn't been following it, and most of the stories in there are like part twos and last parts and stuff, but I did read the Kenny Porter uh, Batman and Robin story in that Urban Legends. So yeah, that's what usually what I'll do is I'll go like, that's the one that I'm most excited to, jump to that, and then I'll do the same thing where I'll like sort of go through them and see what interests me. How do they compile Urban Legends, this one specifically, let's just say, into a graphic novel it's into really annoying let me tell okay. you because i work in comic retail and i look at these things and they really bother me urban okay. legends is one of those books that should not have numbers on them because numbers put people off and dc knows that so what they'll do is they won't number trades that should be numbered uh-huh. but they do number urban legends for some reason even though all of the stories in there are completely standalone um and instead of collecting them in those volumes chronologically what they'll do is they'll if there's a big story they'll compile that one big story and then a couple of smaller stories from different issues so for example the first volume of urban legends has that uh zadarsky red hood story Uh and a couple of other random stories from different issues it's it's a really it's a really strange way that they collect those books yeah i i know that like the Tim Drake stories got released in a Tim Drake pride special trade. I know that, but then it's like, yeah, how do you combine everything? Because it's not just an anthology book. Like Superman red and blue was like a bunch of stories and they didn't continue to the next Superman red and blue. So they were just kind of, but then Batman urban legends, some of these three page stories have six parts and they continue throughout six Batman urban legends. So there has to be an easier way for, for DC and Marvel to be putting together these things. 
that's that's I think my biggest issue with specifically urban legends that kind of format is that I think that if you're gonna do an anthology book, either have it be have the book only have one story in it and do like you know two issue arcs, three issue arcs, or if you're gonna have multiple stories, have them all be standalone because the idea of urban legends is that you should be able to pick it up kind of anywhere. Yeah. But by nature of like you said, a lot of those stories being part two or three of however many and each of them being at different points you're sort of left not like having to still go back and re retract those last couple of issues which is like the big part about like comic books in general is like like people need to know what to read when to read and it's like they're not making it any like easier <laughs> by doing it this way but okay uh i i want to hear about batman urban legends a little bit um, I read uh, Amazing Spider-Man, what is it, 17? Yeah. 17, I read Lazarus Planet Alpha. Um, I There were some I really wanted, some of these I really wanted to read, but I didn't get to them. Um, Nemesis Reloaded, Predator 6, Wolverine 29, X-Men 18, and Miles Morales number 2. And I, I don't have a picture for it just yet, but I'll load it up for later. Uh, Captain America, Symbol of Truth, number eight, I think, is what it is. Um, that, was one, that was one of the ones that I picked up that I haven't gotten to read yet because I'm yeah. behind on it and I got to catch up. But uh, that both of those Captain America series have been really good. I've been liking them a lot. Like, the fact, especially because they started off with a number zero that had both Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson and I, I I thought that number zero was really, really weak. And oh, I was okay. not I was not excited about uh the ongoings. Yeah. But I figured I'd give him a shot anyway, because like Cap's one of those characters. I tend to give the new series a shot just to see where it is. Yeah. And uh I liked I've liked both of them from what I've read so far a whole lot, especially when I compare it to the disappointment I felt in that zero issue. Yeah, that's fair. Manny, are you are you reading that one? I'm super behind. Uh, usually, I, I always joke because on Captain America, I'm always one run behind, right? So when yeah. Coates, uh, so when Coates jumped on, I had like just finished. I had I, when his stuff was finished, I read the Wade stuff. So I'm like part ways through the Coates, and then when I'm finished with that, I'll read what's going on right now. I think I read the first issue of the Steve book. Uh, on one of these shows, and I really like that, so I'm looking forward to getting to it once I finish uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates' cap. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a really big fan of this run now. Was it my pick of the week or not? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it was really good. I actually have to think about my pick of the week. Um, but I do want to know what your guys' picks of the week are because um, we read a lot, but I, I need to know your number one picks. What do you guys... What do you guys got? I I okay. So I'm I'm kind of I'm I I I got a thought process here. Yeah. Um. Normally, my goal as uh like somebody who talks about comics is I know everybody's going to talk about superhero stuff, so I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go for the indie stuff, um, and talk about that. And yeah. uh, the only indie book that came out this week that I've read so far is Black Cloak, which I did like, 
but it, I didn't like it strong enough to make it like my pick. Um, I right. would gladly, I, it's something I would gladly like to discuss, but so, so then I got to think like two Tom King books came out this week and I am like a resident Tom King fan. I have liked, okay. I have liked everything that he's done. Like absolutely everything. The stuff that people hate, I, I still love. Um, you can I've just been a, say Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> I, 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 you I, loved I, Heroes in Crisis? <laughs> I, I really liked it a lot. Interesting. Um, that's, 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 I'm, uh, okay. So, I mean, like, it may, you could make an argument for his Batman run, but Heroes in Crisis. Ugh. I'll tell you this. His Batman run is incredible. And uh, I, I, I am willing to uh, trade blows over it. Uh, okay. anytime somebody's like no it sucked like mm, yeah okay mm. all right but uh i really liked danger street i really liked human target but if I'm oh yeah being, they're both yeah yeah right if i'm being honest mm-hmm. i think that the book that that really got me this week was uh was flash which i oh. was not i wasn't expecting I'm very, we were talking about it before the show. I'm very upset. I missed reading Flash. Normally, that's my first read. Flash, Nightwing, World's Finest normally come out in the same week. They didn't this week. But like, Flash, those three are like my first reads normally. Uh, Unless there's X-Men titles. But I don't think they compete too much. Um, And I didn't read it this week. And I've been talking about it for weeks. And now, Drew, you've overtaken me in this foot race. That that is comic book reading. Well, all I can say is, uh, wet my appetite. Don't spoil it, but wet my I appetite. I I won't spoil it for you. Um, I think that this this particular issue, and I have not been reading Flash. I last time I was on the show, we talked about the fact that yeah. I have not been reading Flash. Yeah, um, but I like this concept quite a bit um the concept that there is a battle that is going to involve the whole flash family and it is the whole flash family i love it um that happens so quickly it's it's over in one minute of real time um i think that's a really cool idea i think that as a like storytelling mechanic um comics would be perfect for doing that sort of thing um the actual like presentation of it reminded me a lot of the 1990s which normally if you hear me say that something from a comic reminded me of the 90s i am using that to rag on that comic right uh, and and I didn't feel that this way. Like um, the art reminds me a lot of Scott McDaniel, uh, like prime, like like late '90s Scott McDaniel. Who's doing the art on this? Uh, it is an artist I don't whose name I don't recognize. Um, Roger Cruz. Okay. Um, and it just like it 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 did remind me of like that 90s style. It also doesn't hurt that it feels like they're doing um like the thicker like newspaper style print uh at DC right now. Um I don't yeah. know why that is, but 
but the thing that really got me about this book is um, I I don't think that a lot of action in superhero comics is very exciting to read anymore uh -huh. unless you do it in like a way that is that is like pushing the boundaries or really playing with the uniqueness of being able to do things like you know it's 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 a still picture which isn't as exciting as motion when it yeah. comes to certain uh you know certain action pieces um and this flashbook is all about like this this first chapter is all about showing the audience all these relationships between these characters and uh as somebody who has not been reading the book and i didn't know which characters were going to be in play and some of them are characters that i don't even really have much familiarity with yeah um it was just cool to see like it sets up the relationships, how these people know each other, um, what kind of relationships they have. Where, like, is there's like two characters who seem like they don't like each other very much in the book and, you know, they're going to be forced to work together, which is a superhero cliche. But at the same time, like if it's done well, uh, it can be very exciting to read. So to me, it was like, um, this entire opening chapter was just all about telling you everything you need to know about these characters, making sure that they feel different from each other, despite the fact that ostensibly they are all the same character. Like they're, they're all a version of the flash. So it showcases what makes them unique, what makes them interesting. And ultimately what makes them what what puts the family in the flash family yeah. um and as somebody who will gladly take character over plot nine times out of ten i found that to be really exciting i it's yeah i'm i'm excited to read it personally i don't know manny are you reading flash i have got to catch up because i have not read this new this like most recent run uh, but I love that, all the puns, by the way. I love all the puns that we can make <laughs> about reading the Flash. I just, I just think that it's super fun. Uh, <laughs> that we, you know, yeah. Have you read the run? I'm not caught up. You know, I'm not reading fast enough. I gotta pick up the pace. Anyway, uh, but Drew, what you have, what what you're saying has me very excited because my favorite part of the Flash, and I feel like something that was sorely missing for a long, long time, was. Uh, the Flash family, yeah, um, and they sort of had to rebuild it in the Williamson run, and even that didn't quite hit for me. But it seemed, but from what it seems like for this new run, they're putting a lot more emphasis on that, and I'm down for that. It it reminds me. I I just did a TikTok video on the Green Arrow number one cover. I, I watched that today. I'm very excited about that issue. I'm so excited because, and I, I've talked about it. And I don't want to. I don't want to you know, beat this, beat a dead horse, I guess. But, like, DC has to stop doing hard reboots because DC, the the thread, the underlying philosophy of the DC universe that, like, the meta, like, molecules that it runs on is legacy. It's hope in the future. It's family. It's 
it's that right uh and when you get rid of the Flash family, the Green Arrow family, the Soup family, right? The Bat family, and you boil it down to just the solo heroes and solo series, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And like Green Arrow has been missing his family for so long. And the new Green Arrow number one cover, it has some villains on it. Yeah, but it has the family plus some. Like, I didn't think they were going to bring out Arrowette. Arrowette since Young Justice uh, comic, you know? Uh, they got Mia Dearden back, Speedy, Leanne, like, ah, I'm, I'm, I, a Diggle, Connor Hawk, like, the whole Green Arrow family, I'm very excited for it. Same with the Flash family, you need these characters in play, it's not as fun without them. I, I think, too, to- like, like, something that um you know i'm like a batman fan batman is like my favorite superhero because i'm uh, a cliche as a person but uh i mean i can't get away from the fact that batman is my favorite superhero um and i a lot of the time strongly prefer like a solo batman book where he's kind of just by himself um but i also genuinely appreciate when they bring in these other characters um if only because uh you get to learn a lot about a character you already know by seeing how somebody else like interacts with them or 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 talks to them or like i for i mean an example of this which isn't it's not one of the family things but um one of my favorite things about the early issues of Jeff John's Green Lantern run is how much he, how much uh, Hal dislikes Batman. Um, Yeah. Because it doesn't paint Batman in the most positive light. And, you know, I've seen people make the argument that Jeff John's hates Batman and that's why he writes him that way. But I think really it comes down to like the book is, is hooking you from Hal Jordan's perspective. And Hal Jordan yeah. doesn't like Batman, so it's going to portray him a certain way. And that yeah. doesn't that doesn't mean that Batman's acting out of character or that he's um, that he's you know uh, being written as a caricature of himself or or whatever. It just means that Hal Jordan sees him in a way that a Batman solo book isn't going to show you, or like a Nightwing book isn't going to show you. Um, yeah. It's like the same thing. I think the same thing about I love when characters I like die. I I, I love that. Uh, I actually okay. get excited about when characters I like die in their that books. It's too much. What are you talking about? Well, because <laughs> because a good writer will handle that in a way that like all of the characters mourning that person's death and that character's absence from their setting will teach you so much more about that character than that you would never get it be able to get if they were still there, you know? Yeah. Um, that's fair. I and and, I, and that's a thing that yeah. I like. It's I I it's it's a weird morbidity, but uh I I specifically collect death issues of characters uh you know across all the all the yeah uh the different companies and stuff. Like if a character dies in it, I want that book. Right. So you have all of deceased. 
because that's literally <laughs> well you we're talking bad. we're talking main continuity yeah here. yeah 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 manny you got you got no you got no some hear me out i'm gonna yeah. tie this i'm gonna tie this all back around to the flash yeah. uh specifically wally west this is why wally west is the character that is the most emblematic of what dc should be and yeah. not superman uh hear me out wally west has ties to literally everybody he was Kid Flash. He has ties to the Titans. He has ties to the Young Justice because Impulse has ties to the Young Justice. He has ties to the Justice League because he was a main member of that team. Wally West is DC's legacy. He knows everybody. He was on every team. Uh, and Mark Wade said it best in the introduction of one of the, one of the trades uh, of his run. He said the Flash is a book about legacy, right? Um, and I think in saying The Flash is a book about the DC universe and about what it should be when it's done well. Uh, yeah. So hearing that we've got a, an event with all the speedsters back, I think is so exciting to me uh, yeah. because that was sorely missing in both the New 52 and in the Williamson run where he just had to like sort of start creating a bunch of new characters instead of yeah. building on the relationships that were already there. Yeah, which, I mean, the Flash CW show at its worst is grabs from the Williamson run in a way that, like, it's just create new speedsters. Have, like, it's just a new thing. I don't know. Anyway, that's my critique about that. Um, I'm with you. Uh, Nightwing, though, is my idea of who ties the DC together. But, like, Wally is a good contender. And I love Wally. Wally also has bigger ties to the Justice League than Nightwing does. So you're right. Let it for two seconds as Batman, but that, like, he ne it never it never stuck because he was Batman for like. Yeah. Also, not, not I mean, he also led it when the Justice League died in Obsidian Age, when they put right, together yeah. the, the B Squad. I love Obsidian Age. Like, it was a two trade, like story. Oh, it was so good. I think it was like twelve issues. Uh, it was great. Um, Manny, what was your, what was your pick? Drew's uh, my, pick was Flash 790. Your pick of the week is Crashing Number Five. Oh, okay. Going with the uh the indie choice there. All yeah. Right. Tell me about uh, it. This is the last issue of this book, so I'm not gonna talk about this particular. Oh, it's only five issue. issues? Yeah. Uh, uh and the the basic premise is that we follow a woman who works in an ER in a superhero universe, right? And she is conscripted to work on uh, the world's greatest superhero, but also its greatest supervillain at the same time. Um, but it's not really about that. And it's more a story about addiction. Uh -huh. It sort of uses superhero trappings and other things to tell a really interesting and kind of nuanced story about uh, substance abuse. Okay. Um, and it hits on a lot of, Things from like I love melodrama, right? I love really in-depth character stuff. Uh, I'm a big fan of like, give me a single issue that's like a really fucking intense and really good conversation over 22 pages of fighting any day. Uh but that that's why my pick is gonna be my pick of the week, and I'll tell you <laughs> afterwards. But yes, continue. Um, this book really did that. It, it uses uh the the superhero stuff as uh sort of set dressing and as a hook for you to really care about this woman's life and uh seeing 
how hard it is in one of those jobs period right like what that like what yeah. working in an er actually means and obviously amplified by like now people are coming in with fucking laser wounds and things like that yeah um the whole way it's been really good this last issue uh it's stuck the landing so when it comes out in trade i think that this is one that people should people should definitely pick up okay all right um, who's I'm... the publisher on it oh idw Drew, I'm I'm just I'm on my phone buying the whole series right now. <laughs> Wait, why? Just just because just Manny said so? Because it sounds like everything I want from a comic book. You don't, Manny. Tell tell Drew that like you like him regardless. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, you don't have. Drew's like, if Listen. I buy all the issues, maybe maybe Manny will notice me. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I'm yeah, just trying yes. to. I'm just trying to, you know, expand. No, it sounds my, cool. My friend group. Uh, <laughs> it, it is very good, and it's one of those books that I read the first issue, and I was like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and as I kept going, I was like, no, this is like really good. Uh, and I found myself really caring about what was going on there. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, it's only, it's only five issues too, so it's not like yeah. I'm like, read this 25-issue run, you know what I'm saying? Right. Which is also, again, good for, like, people out there who, you know, want to read comics, like, at least the medium of comics, but they're like, ah, they don't want to be bogged down by continuity. They they maybe don't want to dive completely into the DC or Marvel, or they're tired of what DC and Marvel has and, like, want to try something new. A five-issue series is is a pretty good, you know, place to go. Um uh, but that's cool. What'd you say? What'd you say, one trade read. We love a just oh, here. Yeah. I love a one trade read. I love like a just here. Take this. This this is all you need to read. And uh that's often how I sort of get people into comics is I go, just just check out this one book. You know what I mean? And that'll sort of lead them to other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um my pick. Okay, it was either going to be <sighs> Miles Morales Spider-Man number two or X-Men 18. Both of them have a lot of great character moments. Like, a lot. X-Men 18 is about, like, like Sync and the older Laura uh, slash X-23. Um, and then My Miles Morales Spider-Man number two is, I mean, uh, my... It's 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 Miles. Miles. Normally, I pick the X title. Um, you know, anyone out there who knows me, anyone here who knows me, like X Men, right? But Miles Morales, Spider Man. The I don't know if you guys are reading it, but the conversations are real. Like, are are you guys reading it? I I did. Yeah, it's it's a really good issue. It the con like. I was thinking to myself how wasted Peter Parker's potential is in his multitude of books right now. And like, uh, Miles is like, okay, so like, it's issue two. It's written by Cody Ziegler. There's something real about the dialogue. It also helps that the that the author is black. It helps. It's not like, again, it's not like uh, the Miles Thor comic right like where it's written by someone who's not 
or uh, uh, the the last the last little bit of Bendis's run, which woof. Uh, uh, I don't remember what what was the what was the arc at the end of Bendis's run. There, there was uh, it, it was when he brought him into the main Marvel universe. There was a lot of stuff in there where I was like, "This is not written from life experience, my man." And no, there's, uh, yeah, this issue was really good, particularly that conversation between him and Monica about like black superheroes. There's two conversations. And- the the big one for me was yeah. like when when we go out there we are like a monolith right like it's you're you have all the intention to be yourself but to everybody else you are a black superhero and I thought that was like really insightful and I was like damn bro yeah uh, even usually I don't like when conversations are are too like on the nose but I feel like in the in this book it is totally warranted you know what i'm saying uh yeah it really hit for me also the art because i mean really good what'd you say also the art in here is real good yeah i was gonna say frederico vicentini vicentini if i'm saying that correctly uh amazing art and like there there's a conversation with with uh uh why am i misty knight did you say misty knight yes uh uh miles and misty knight when they talk there's that conversation there's also just the real kid uh, not kid teenager conversation that he's having with uh 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 why am i thinking red wing what is her name the, the vulture's no. granddaughter her name real name's tiana i think right yes but i forget what her name is it's not it's it's red it's skylar no it's it's something bird related uh, i forget I'll, what it, her name is i'll do the google you keep going yeah but like there's a conversation that they have where they've been kind of like seeing each other and then but he he's ghosted her recently and she pops in and she's like what's going on and he's like i'm so sorry like i just feel lost right now and like there's a conversation about her him being like feeling lost it's not even a superhero conversation it's like just like a a human conversation it could be a teenage conversation yes but it's it's a human conversation and she's like I, I get feeling lost, but like you can shoot me a text. You can just like I understand. We're all worried about you. And he's like, I I'm I'm sorry. And he's like, she's like, you can work it out, but like don't expect me to be around when you figure things out if you're gonna be that way, you know? Um it was real. There's something that Cody Ziggler's doing right now. It's not I I an amendment-ish, just a clarification on what I had said earlier. He's not writing good writing because he's black and Miles is black. He is writing good writing because he's a writer and he's black and can write from a place uh, uh, of experience with Miles. Uh, and then the art's amazing too. Sorry? Starling is her name. Starling. That's her name. Yes. Also, reading this issue gave me a thought, and I think it's probably the thought that a lot of other people have that are reading both Amazing Spider-Man and Miles Morales. Uh it's that this run so perfectly encapsulates what Spider-Man is all about, right? Um, and it's been said a lot. I'm going to say it again. The Miles book is what people want classic Spider-Man to be. Like, it is exactly classic Spider-Man. He's struggling to juggle his superhero life with his other life. And in doing this, he's pushing people away. That's classic Peter Parker, but done now with a different voice for a modern era. And I think that's awesome. 
But I think because of that, because we have that sort of picture perfect, uh, like teenage struggling Spider Man book, Peter Parker needs to move on. I, I agree. I I think that Peter needs to start his family. I think there are stories to be told with Peter starting his family. You don't need to take a book away from him, but you need to move move his book away from them just kind of being this him being the same, right? Is that, that what that, you mean? That, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think his book should be canceled or anything, but I think that you have to do something drastically different with uh, Peter Parker now. Because... Yeah, just like Clark Kent and John Kent, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the adding adding kids to Superman was like the biggest, the best decision they ever they ever made for that character. I think. Yeah. Uh, because it informed a whole new group of really interesting stories. But I think for Spider Man, whatever they do, they have to like completely changed the status quo because I feel like it's been too long and sort of the same place. And now that we have Miles Morales and now that that, and you know, because it's been written as like the sort of typical Spider-Man status quo, albeit with a couple of changes, we can do something different with Peter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be kids because the go-to is always kids, but whatever you do, you can, you can age that man. Let him, let him rock. Uh, my favorite era for Peter was always uh, high school teacher Peter. Uh, yeah, but just just something to make him feel a little bit more like, uh, like a like a grown ass man. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to definitively say that Peter Parker is in his thirties, not like twenty four. No, because Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride is older now. Like, there are certain characters you can judge by like the timeline by by like how old they are. Yeah, Kitty Pride's older. She, Kitty Pride's at least late 20s. Actually, yeah, she starts off a little bit a couple years younger than Peter, right? So like Yeah, she's really young. So like Kit, Kitty's maybe three years younger than Peter. Kitty's like 27, 28. Also, the new mutants are like went to high school together, bro. You can age him out. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did go to high school together. And Jessica, Jessica Jones, Jones is always, she's perpetually 30. Yeah, you can, you can do, you can like, you can start to age him up. I don't think anybody. Also, Danielle say. Cage. Danielle Cage has uh, aged up. She's like five now. Come on. Come on, Marvel. <laughs> uh, also, an idea that I had for Batman, I mentioned on a previous episode, is that like, I think you can, re like, you can retire these heroes without killing them right like i would love for batman to step back and support be a backup for the family like why can't he be the guy in the chair why does he have, he doesn't have to be crippled to be the guy in the chair right he could be imparting his wisdom he could be teaching he could be supporting right he could be i don't know you could do a lot with that where batman I get it. He has a singular focus of like, he must stop crime. But what if his focus stayed the same? Must stop crime. It's just his avenue was a little bit different. Uh, that's sort of echoing back to what they did at the end of the pre-New 52 DC universe where they had that flash forward and he's the guy in the chair, but not just for Terry. He's the guy in the chair for like a bunch of different Batman. Is, oh wait, it, no, that's when, Damien when, as the guy in the chair in that when was that? future scene. Oh man! Uh, so Was that Titans right, tomorrow? No, right before Flashpoint, when every book had to like end 
You know what I'm saying? They uh-huh. had these flash forwards, and Batman's flash forward was Damien as the guy. He had in the, the high chair. collar. No, he that, wasn't that Batman. He was like old Damien as the oh. guy in the chair for Terry McGinnis and the rest of Batman Inc. Uh, I totally for a second I replaced him with Bruce in my yeah. head, but no, that was Damien at the end of that. But that idea, but with Bruce like now. I yeah. I I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, and and my whole thing is that. I think no matter what you do, Bruce Wayne is always going to come back to being Batman because yeah. he himself cannot live without being Batman because yeah. that's the only thing that he feels like he has any purpose in. Um, and so I think personally, to get him to be that guy in the chair, you would have to utterly defeat him to get him to understand that he cannot be like the active on the streets Batman anymore. Um, and I also think um, I, I, I personally think that uh, no matter which version of Batman that you have, uh, he would kill himself before he let that happen. I mean, if we look at Batman beyond, yeah, he even tries to put on like that show starts with him desperately trying to go out in his old it, age. To- it- Points the gun at the guy's head. Yeah. I remember uh, I remember seeing that in the first episode as a kid yeah. and being like, like I was old enough to recognize, oh, they don't put guns in these cartoons very often. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Shout out to uh, Wednesday poll out there. What's up to Lex watching us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the King show. Um, yeah. I don't want to derail all of this uh, just for that, but the, I, I have an idea on how, like, I don't know. I, I feel like, I like Batman with a little bit of growth, right? It doesn't mean I do too. Up. And I have, I, I, I have I'm just saying own... a different strategy to the same end goal. He I could have... be Batman. He could dress as Batman in the chair. He could teach Tim how to how to be a de- better detective. He could I, teach I, Cassie. I will... Maybe I don't know if Cassie. Needs I want to say I want to say one thing about yeah. the Batman growth, and then yeah. I want to go back to something that Manny brought up about uh, this Spider-Man issue. Um, yeah. But hold on a second, because uh, I think I'm going to burp. All right, I did. All right. I, I <laughs> muted it. Uh, uh, okay, so first of all, I think you really want Batman to have growth, but also remain true to, like, the uh, obsessive and, like, compulsion of yeah. having to have the control. Yeah. You make Batman run for president of the United States. <laughs> that's not a joke i truly believe that that is a thing that bruce wayne would eventually do i think he wouldn't want to be bogged down by bureau- bureaucratic red tape i also think that and i think that's what okay. would make the story interesting but um, he would i think oliver queen as president oh for sure yeah like because um, he ran for he was mayor of star city you know Hear me out, though. Batman as president just sort of circles back to both uh, the way that Batman ran shit in Kingdom Come and also the OMEC project, I think. It does. Yeah. Absolutely, it does. Yeah, um, I wouldn't want that. That's a step back. I don't want police state Batman. I want father Batman. But I think I, I want daddy can, bats. I think you can combine those those ideas and have the story be about how he overcomes police state Batman. But uh, that's that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Manny, 
you brought up that uh so i'm not reading this miles morales book uh Uh i have i have not i've read maybe five spider-man comics ever it's just a blind spot for me for some reason but uh you mentioned that this book is like it is an update of classic spider-man and it's what everybody wants from a spider-man book just done with a character who's not peter parker and also happens to take place in in a modern day um what you just described is like what i think people without necessarily realizing it i think that that's what people want from legacy characters in general it has to be modern but it has to take what they liked about the original character and find a way to 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 put them together maybe they're at odds with each other maybe they co you know there's cohesion but either way um the fact that you are uh taking this updated setting or this updated uh character um and trying to meld it with what it is that people liked about the original character in the first place is really the conversation that needs to happen with uh, a, a legacy character like that. I think, unfortunately, the issue with, with that, right? Like, I agree, and I think that, like, this is the perfect, like, if you guys want to read Spider-Man, like a classic Spider-Man book, read Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Uh, the issue is, I think that, Unfortunately, there is a section of comic fans that Marvel and DC are still appealing to mm-hmm. uh, that are unfortunately just like not open to uh, like new Coke, you know, a, a bad yeah. uh, just uh, just like a sec- like a Marvel and DC still think that their audience can't survive without those classic characters. You know what I'm saying? Can't survive th- without the classic versions of those characters because every. But time- you can have both. You can have your cake and eat it too, right? Like you can have your classic Coke and your new mm-hmm. Coke, right? Like you can have if you have both options, you can do. Mm-hmm. Marvel did for better or for worse. Like Marvel did a great thing with the Ultimate Marvel Universe because they had the regular six one six and they had the Ultimate Universe. DC when they did New Fifty Two, did kind of like an Ultimate DC sort of thing, but got rid of the previous universe, like. Having well, both mean, options is the best way. That's really that's really what the Earth One series of of like the original graphic novels was trying to do was to have that yeah. like you know you got your updated Superman you got your updated yeah. you know whatever and it's not affecting um, the uh, the 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 rest of you know the regular continuity. But uh, I would have accepted I mean, it better if they did Earth One comics at the same time they did the pre fifty two comics. If they wanted to update a new thing, they could have done that. It would just be Ultimate DC. Hear me out. They're doing it right now. They're doing exactly what you're saying, but they made one key difference, right? Superman right now is exactly that. You have classic Superman, and you also have John Kemp. Both of those books exist. The thing is, they updated and changed Superman ever so slightly, where he feels still authentically like the Superman that you and I grew up with. But they changed his life circumstances just enough to make those stories interesting and to breathe new life into a character that ultimately a lot of writers struggled to work with, right? Now they they just added a layer to him. You know what I'm saying? And you have John Kent, you have a very different Superman. You have your classic Superman, who is still slightly updated, right? 
Um, and, yeah. and he gets to be that like mentor character while also retaining all of the things that made him Superman to begin with. Uh, so yeah, you're you're totally right on the money there. I think uh, I think Marvel is kind of doing it with these two Captain America books that are happening simultaneously too. Yeah, um, you know, with, like like Sam Wilson is you know an older character, but him as Captain America is not as old, right? So you know, you get do get to explore kind of that that same stuff, and I think the 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 stories that they're doing with both are hitting on on that for sure like the the fact that you know the the steve rogers book at least in the beginning i I, like i said i haven't caught up on it but in the beginning is dealing with him like basically finding old war buddies yeah and and like seeing what they're up to and then like the sam book uh was dealing with like i mean there was there was in uh a subplot in there about essentially like a Marcus Garvey kind of character promoting people like moving from the United States to Wakanda. Yeah. um, Because, you know, the United States wasn't for them and Sam trying to navigate like, you know, as, as an African American, is he, you know, does he have loyalty to America or does he have loyalty to like, you know the this this land that his people were taken from you know like right. that's a, that's a fucking interesting captain america story also that he comes, is captain america yeah and and that wow, comes yeah. it it all ties back to the identity of somebody who represents america who, who represents america you know yeah. like in my mind personally you know i'm i'm Hey, I'm I'm as white as white bread, man. I've been, you know, I'm to me the Amer like American is so much better represented by the immigrant experience than it is somebody like me who, you know, uh, uh, just kind of was born here, and my my you know uh, relatives had been here for a really long time or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But like America is like american culture is the culture of of many different people you know yeah yeah i think the reason that like we can't have the same grace with spider-man or at least marvel thinks we can't is because spider-man's identity and what makes spider-man iconic is so uh tied to youth what makes Spider-Man iconic to so many people, I think, is so like fundamentally tied to I'm between the ages of uh, 17 and 21 and I'm trying to figure my life out because that's what Spider-Man was for so long, right? Spider-Man is a story of trying to figure your life out in that time. And that's why Marvel, I think, refuses to change Peter Parker because they don't want to lose that even though really you just change it to spider-man is figuring your life out in your 30s spider-man is figuring out who you are after you figured out who you're supposed to be let's Uh, let's let's while we while we're talking about this spider-man um just touch a little bit on the amazing spider-man number 17 that came out this week um 
the fact that like this is this whole dark web experience and whatnot. It's funny that you say that because this has nothing to do with you. It's just some cockamamie event. I'm not a fan of this. The only fan I am is of Madeline Pryor. Madeline Pryor deserves better. Uh, they were redeeming her or semi-redeeming her in the New Mutants run on the X-Men side of Marvel. Um, and I care nothing about Ben Riley, but like it Marvel needs to meet a millennial to understand that, like, because <laughs> we are struggling past youth. You know what I mean? Like the struggle saying that he has to be young to struggle is the weirdest thing because does Marvel think that like, of course, by 25, he's going to have a wife, a kid, a, a house and a white picket fence. No, he's going to still be struggling. Let him struggle, but he's going to grow up and it's just a different struggle. You know, I, I but think now he's fighting limbo. Okay. I think, I think a lot of it is that, um, I mean, I, I, there's good and bad about it, but I mean, um, with how popular the MCU is, I mean, inevitably those movies are influencing the comics, um, possibly even at m more than, or at a faster pace than the comics are influencing the movies. Mm. Uh, and you know, you, there's all this, you know, the very corporate term, the synergy between the film universe and the comic universe and when it comes to those movies they are always going to have peter parker be young and and so if somebody goes out and watches a spider-man movie especially a tom holland spider-man movie and yeah. then decides oh i want to read some spider-man comics and spider-man is 35 you know with uh, a mortgage and a bad back they might be uh -huh. a little upset by that and yeah um you know, that's, uh, that's kind of just, it is what it is, you know, like, I, I feel like we just kind of have to accept that. And it's not just Peter Parker, of course, it's going to be any character who, who, you know, is probably has a hit movie. Uh -huh. uh, but so I'm just gonna just throw something in. I weirdly enough, think that the Spider-Man comic is the least affected title from MCU Synergy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's like the Tom Holland Spider Man. I don't see how it's affecting Spider, like Amazing Spider Man. I think just straight up because he's like weird, like uh, weirdly enough, you would think he, it would, but yeah, like I think the issue is that they can't DH him back to a teenager because then you'd be going back to like the sixties because he hasn't yeah. been a teenager since like the seventies. Yeah, um, but I feel like having to have him be that like 20 20 something youth who sort of struggles is is an extension of like oh we can't make him exactly what he is in those movies because that is such a different character but we can still make him like a young struggling guy as opposed to a man right the yeah. issue i think jumping on amazing spider-man 17 right now yeah uh, by the way, the introduction of, of Spider-Man's Bizarro, essentially, yeah. Rec Rap. Rec Rap. Rec uh, Rap. Um, the Bizarro Spider-Man from the Marvel Universe. Okay, I have a theory about Amazing Spider-Man right now. Not like uh -huh. on a larger scale of what the character of Peter Parker is like. Let's just talk yeah. about Zeb Wells' Amazing Spider-Man. 
and by uh-huh. proxy, Spider Man Beyond. Uh, Zeb Wells desperately wants to be writing Spider Man in the 90s. Okay, yeah. Uh, and this time I mean that derogatorily. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, his entire run and beyond is hey, remember this thing from the 90s? Hey, remember Ben Riley? He's cool now. Hey, remember Venom? I'm going to literally change his brain so he acts like Venom from the 90s when I write him. That's a thing that happened in this book. He he made Venom. He deep-brained Venom to make him exactly like he was in the 90s. Uh, yeah. I think that this book is like a meditation on Zeb Wells' nostalgia, but not a, but like kind of nothing more, right? And even then that, I don't think it's doing it effectively because if we look at his Beyond run prior to that, he almost sold me on Ben Riley as a character because for the longest time, I was like, Ben Riley is super lame. Um, And that run seemed like it was getting him past like clone anxiety, right? Which is Ben Riley's whole brand. Um, And then at the end of that run, he brings it back to clone anxiety and Dark Web is just clone anxiety again. It's like... Uh, because Madeline Pryor is also a clone. Yeah, and it's also like, yeah. like going back to like, Ben's bad again. And I'm like, just write a Kane story or something. Uh, right. But Kane's I, good. Now, Slash dead. Right, I think that my, my issue with, with this run is that it feels so uh, un, unbalanced in that it, it, it feels like every other issue he wants to tell like a character story right he wants to he wants to do something in depth with 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 somebody right and then at the the end and then at the next issue it feels completely different like dark web i thought was going to be uh, a meditation on who ben is without peter what is ben's lived experience outside of peter parker right what is that character in the modern day uh when you have t- 20 different spider clones when you need to make him distinct from peter in some way uh yeah. But no, it's just him being angry that Peter's memories are not in his brain again. Uh, but and and a weird thing of thinking that Peter purposely took his memories and left him for dead, which is a soap opera kind of storyline where it's just like, but like, but like it's only a matter being, of time till he realizes, oh, that wasn't what happened. Oh, my whole motivation is gone. Also, being cartoonishly evil, like yeah. cartoonishly evil, uh, like scheming at a ca- the chasm suit, admittedly sick but eat, as, eat the apple eat the apple yeah it, it's it's it like makes no sense to me because you did so much and beyond to make him a really interesting and nuanced character right yeah. to develop his relationships to develop yeah what he thinks spider-man needs yeah uh, and, and i was like oh you know i kind of i kind of and then you take all of this away from him and you don't do anything interesting character wise you just make him an angry bad guy also yeah. I think that Ed McGinnis is not the right choice for this event either. Yeah. I think, uh, again, I think he just wanted to draw another Bizarro because he drew Rec Rap. Like, yeah, I mean, he it's does, just, he it's just Bizarro again. I, I think also like his art in a lot of ways, um, as much as I like him on certain things, I don't like him on other things. Uh, I think uh, when you're trying to tell what is essentially the culmination of your, like, 40 issues worth of comics, right? 
Um, because this is, again, this is the direct follow-up to 25 issues of Beyond. This is a direct follow-up to everything that we've sort of been building up to here. Yeah. Uh, his sort of 90s-influenced big, like, action figure style undercuts what seriousness there could be in here. Yeah. And that is added to, like, all these demons are really wacky. Uh, Somebody said they thought this this event would be horror, but it's actually comedic. And so that's it's kind exactly of it. we got to move yeah, to other some other comics. though. you have any final thoughts about that? Uh, I continue to read this because I I want Spider-Man books to be better. I need um, to see it through. Yeah. And also, like you set up a mystery and I know you're going to reveal it as you like 25. So I'll at <laughs> least get to the end of that when you know, when he's like, what happened in that couple months? I'll at least get there. This at least yeah, gave us Christopher Cantwell writing. Yeah, this at least yeah. gave us Christopher Cantwell writing Gold Goblin, which I think is actually really good. Gold Goblin's been pretty good. Uh, we're going to go through everything that we've read this week, give it like 10 second spiels. Uh, Drew, what what do you got? Uh, you want me to go through all of them just like in sequence? We could, we could do it. 10, 10 second spiels. Okay. Um, if we could think so... concisely about everything. So I already spoke about Flash, uh, good yep. uh, family story so far. Um, yeah. Human Target, uh, number 10. Uh, I'm a little bit behind. Nort is John Candy. That's <laughs> it's in my in my head. I was just hearing John Candy. And, is this uh, a 12 issue series? Yes. Yeah. Okay, 12 issues, cool. 12 days. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, Danger Street. Um, also Tom King. Also, Tom King and Jorge Fornes, who did uh, the Rorschach book. That Rorschach book was incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, more of that, except uh, this has Darkseid referred to by the Helm of Naboo as a dragon. Okay. Uh, I read issue number one, but I, I I liked it, but I didn't read issue two. Manny, there, are you on this too? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I think it's good. I think it's another classic Tom King doing a Tom King with a bunch of obscure DC characters, which Tom King likes to do, and he does it well. Jorge Fornes is great. I think I would care more about this if I cared any, if I had any familiarity with most of the characters in this book. Yeah, true. You, yeah, you too. Um, I, you know, uh, I, I, I like to come into books where I don't have a lot of familiarity with the characters because then I just come in with a blank slate. And you get to, um, you get to you get to tell me what's important about them or why I should yeah. care about them. I, I like that feeling a lot. Um, okay. So uh, I, you know, what first you issue, got? first issue had Metamorpho in it. I wish there was more Metamorpho. Um, oh, I was about to say I like Metamorpho, but okay. But uh, hey, I wish Creeper. The, uh, uh, the, the 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 way he's doing Creeper in that is is good. It, oh, it's so good. I love okay. it. Okay, all right. I'll, all... I'll, I'll, I'll get back on it. Urban Legends, uh, uh, I did. I read uh, the story about the director in it. It was the the conclusion to the story we talked about last time. Uh, yeah, you here. said, yeah. Um, I thought it was good, but uh, I don't think it really stuck the landing as well as I wanted it to. Um, uh-huh. Kenny Porter did uh, a story in here just about Batman and Robin in the Batmobile. Um it wasn't anything mind blowing or anything like that, but it, you know, I think it really got to the uh, uh, who those characters were. Um, Lazarus Planet Alpha was a book yeah. that came out this week, um, and <laughs> it was a book. No, let's let's talk real quick. We don't we can't 
we can't talk too much about it, but it's like the start of this kind of event where the Lazarus pit slash island explodes, puts Lazarus juice and energy into the world, and magic and science are going awry. Supposedly, there's going to be some big developments coming from it from Lazarus. Yeah, but you know, a the lot issue of times- was like. Eh. A lot of times with these like one shots that are, you know, supposed to be like the the introduction to a story, um, they don't do anything for me. And I really don't know why I pick them up anymore. Um, yeah. I'm on the same boat. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it introduces people to the concept that they're going for, but it doesn't to me like it doesn't push the characters forward. It, it doesn't it, it feels like it's just kind of like. They're usually oversized and they're just trying to pack as much as they can in without and it's issue zero in a way. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. they're just like, here are the main players and then you'll see what happens. Right. Like I spent yeah. a lot of time on monkey King, but they weirdly enough had power girl and Supergirl in it, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Uh, power girl is getting more airtime. And I, I thought that um, I can't remember what it was, but like the conversation with like, where Power Girl and somebody else are trying to like break through this t- tower. Yeah. Um, was... Dr. Fates. Yeah. Yeah. It was like some really clunky dialogue that just yeah. completely like, uh, I, it, Mark Wade can do better. Um, Is this Mark? Was this Mark Wade? Oh, yeah, it was. It oh, was. that's a shame. That's a shame. Um, uh, Batman and the Joker Deadly Duo is a book that I don't love, but I like it a lot more than I thought that I would um so i am I'm, I'm still reading it um okay um, yeah uh and uh i said this one for last uh black cloak by kelly thompson and meredith mclaren um didn't really know what to expect from this um i'm i i, I dug this first issue a uh, lot of cool world building here um it reminds me of like uh detective story star wars essentially uh and and i i quite liked that a lot okay all right detective story star wars isn't that just altered carbon i don't know i've never seen altered carbon does this look like altered carbon is this altered carbon is not detective story star wars it's not i know but i mean it's dystopian (laughs) sci-fi future detective thing right uh yeah i think that drew drew's the, the the way that the world is set up and that there's like a bunch of different creatures and things like that mm. um reads very star wars yeah. and in that there's like a okay. sort of hierarchy that we don't really talk too much about i think uh, it also just kind of feels like um, it has that star wars feel that it kind of just throws you into uh mm. the 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 world and it's not like there's like a page that kind of gives you a minimal introduction to like what this world is but for the most part it kind of just lets you experience it through um, the places they go the and the people they talk to. Um, yeah. Which uh, I will say, I don't think that like the dialogue was the strongest in this issue, um, uh-huh. but it, it hooked me enough that I'm just like very interested to see where it goes. So I'm going to stick with it quite a bit uh-huh. know, for, for a while. Yeah. Um, was that the last book that you read, Drew? Yeah, that, that's it. All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I I want to touch on a couple of mine, and then Manny, you can touch on a couple of yours before we get going. Sure, cool. Um, if you're a fan of Mark Miller, some people are, some people aren't. Nemesis Reloaded is a sequel series to the Nemesis, uh, the first series. 
uh, where they kind of hinted that there are there there's more than one nemesis. Um, this one's gratuitous as nemesis is. It has a lot of like planning and it ends essentially with nemesis being like, hey, city of Los Angeles, I'll give you 10,000 per cop that you kill. And that's how it ends. Pretty strong if you like this type of story. But it is gratuitous. It's very... I, I All I want from this series is for him not to touch on incest. Because Mark Miller does that a lot. So please, I would say, let's just say, <laughs> if this would be... I will be happy with this series because I'll read it if there's no incest and no sexual assault. You're asking too much of Mark Millar. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying I like Mark Millar slash Miller, whatever. Uh, I like some of his stuff. I like it, but I don't like that stuff. And I just want him to be like, just, just, I like his like premises. I think that's what I'm on board for. So <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, Predator number six wraps up the this arc of Predator. And now they're starting with a Predator number one again. Like, I don't know what Marvel's doing with this. Alien did the same thing. They just wrapped up an arc and then they're like, here's a new number one. So it's it's going to be, it's really hard. Like, how can you renumber something after issue six? Like, that's not even a year. So there's going to be two Predator series. Well, I guess there'll be a 2022 Predator series and a 2023, but uh, I don't know. It was good, but it was, it just kind of wrapped things up. Um, Wolverine 29 was kind of a filler issue. There was kind of a cool thing about Sabretooth and the Krakoan Pits. But I don't know. It was what it was. X-Men 18, though, was was one of my favorites. And that deals with two X-23s, Laura, who is Wolverine, and older Laura, who is back and hooking up with Sync because they're in love. And I I love that. I just don't know where they're going to go with it. But I liked it. I liked it a lot. Manny, what do you got? All right. Uh, Human Target number 10. Uh, I yeah. really like this book, and a lot of that is down to the artist, uh, Greg Smallwood. Um, and Tom King can write a noir, man. Yeah. Uh, also, He's in his Lana element. Nort, yeah. L- lot of Nort. Love Nort. Love JLI. So this book is, like, for me, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, Grim number seven is one of my favorite indie books coming out that more people should read. Uh, it is about a... Uh, world where there are multiple Grim Reapers and they sort of form an organization um, and one of them can be seen by the living for some reason go. I don't want to say too much more because it might spoil it but the art's really yeah. great uh, and the way that it sort of portrays the afterlife is really interesting. Also there was a really haunting scene in the beginning of this issue which I thought was really cool. Uh, as a fan I... of cosplay and just selfishly as who I am I want to see some Grim cosplay Uh off yeah. that, the, the title character, you know? The, so. the outfit is sick, and yeah. the sides are also sick. Uh, yeah. Lazarus Planet Alpha, I agree with you. It was a book. Um, it was a book. It was, it was fine. I like to see was... Monkey Prince getting some play elsewhere, because I like that character, but otherwise. Yeah. Uh, Danger Street, like we talked about before, Tom King is still in his element, writing some really interesting noir with D-list characters. I think this book just didn't connect with me, because... A lot of uh, it jumps around a lot, and I don't know enough of these characters to sort of keep up with the jumping around and feel like okay, I get what's going on. But the creeper stuff is awesome. Uh, also, Jorge Fornes kicks ass. Uh, Monica Rambeau photon number two, not where I expected the series to be going. I won't spoil it for you, Dimitri. Uh, I like issue number one, I haven't read issue number two yet. 
Uh, no, number two takes this to a place that I didn't expect, but it looks like they're working with Monica Rambeau's history uh, a lot, which I think is really interesting because she has uh, a really tumultuous up and down throughout the Marvel Universe, if you know anything about her her yeah. time on Avengers and sort of going forward from there. Yeah. Uh, Dark Ride number four. This book is fun and exactly what it says on the tin. It is a amusement park horror story uh, and it's done by Josh Williamson, who has done horror stuff before that I've liked, like Nailbiter. Uh, so if you like that premise, then you'll like this book. Simple as that. Uh, Avengers War Across Time. It's a throwback Avengers story. And if you're into that, you'll like it. Uh, it takes place after Avengers number 10 in the 60s. Um, also, it's got Alan Davis art. And I love Alan Davis. So by proxy, I really like this book. Yeah. Uh, Marvel does a lot of throwback issues or throwback series and miniseries and issues and stuff. I feel like it ties in with what we were saying earlier. I think they're experimenting with if we move these characters forward, how can we can we still do stories in the past? I don't know. Yeah, War Across Time. The story is fine, but for me, I was there for the Alan Davis art, and that's what I got. Um, yeah. Black Cloak number one. Uh, this is going to be a wait for trade for me. I find that stuff with uh, really big worlds tends to be stuff that I struggle to read in issues uh, yeah. because I because I want to know more right away. So this first issue uh, got me enough where I want to read the trade when it comes out. Also, I like Kelly Thompson on other stuff. So, And if you like Kelly Thompson on her Marvel stuff, like Hawkeye, and she did some Spider-Man pretty recently, uh, then this might be one to check out to get you from Superior Comics to Indie Comics. Okay. Uh, I know that you guys had mentioned uh, books that you didn't get a chance to read but wanted to read. Uh, ten... Oh, I didn't set that. I didn't set that probably. All right. Uh, but Little Monsters was one of them, and 10,000 Black Feathers was one of them. I know that you guys mentioned that earlier. Um, and... Uh, uh, we missed oh, our Jeff finally... Lemire this week. What's that? We missed our Jeff Lemire fix yeah. this week. Yeah. Uh, Captain America's I, Symbol of Truth. I, I picked was... up Little Monsters, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Uh, Captain America's Symbol of Truth number nine came out. And um, I don't know if you guys know, but Nomad is back, who is Ian Rogers. From Remender's Cap Run? Yep, yep. Wild. Okay, I'm going to have to go read that because I've been thinking... Where the hell has that guy been? He's he's been teaming up with Sam in the last couple issues. Uh but but Carol uh not Carol, uh Sharon and uh Steve don't know he is alive. So Sam just found out that Nomad's alive, but he won't tell his adopted parents. So and he's doing black ops missions for the government. Interesting. I'm gonna. His to, weapon's I, really I, interesting too. It's very American gladiators. His like his like mace thing that's also like yeah. a staff. Yeah. A pal, what is it? A pal, a pauldron? Is that something? That's something. I don't know. But yes, I think a pauldron's something different. No, pauldron's a part of your armor. It's um, yeah, it's the shoulder armor. Uh, but the art is back to being good because last mm, issue it wasn't. They changed the artist last issue, and the story is the same. But like, they, it's just I don't know. This current artist on Captain America, Symbol of Truth is, like, really good. Everybody looks attractive. Things are shiny and sleek and just uh, it makes you kind of, you know, want to jump in. So, you know, that's good. Uh, all in all, I'm still loving comics. I don't know about you guys. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. De 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I feel it, it's one of those things, like, uh, uh, you know, we we critique it because we love it, right? And I'm, I think I'm, that like it's important. I'm getting ready to start uh, this this time of year is when I start teaching Watchmen in yeah. my classroom, 
And every time I do that, that just reinvigorates me wanting to like talk about comics and read comics and just look at, cause like I, I start looking at them with a more critical eye. Cause I teach my students to do that. And uh-huh. then I start picking them apart. And that's the stuff that I really love about like trying to figure out, you know, like why did they do this with the art, you know, like at yeah. this particular time, you know, and just really like, like digging into it it just gets me super hyped so yeah um manny manny reads comics is out there on youtube saying he knows peter didn't do anything he calls himself out on it jokingly i think he's talking about ben riley earlier i missed that earlier he knows peter's not at fault but he's just being evil regardless it's so weird um and then wednesday poll says yeah the venom thing was so weird um We'll see where Dark Web takes us. I want to thank both of you guys for taking time out of your night uh, or your day or your evening uh, to be on here for Comic Talk. Uh, Manny, welcome back. Drew, always glad to have you. Uh, Manny, what is your social media? Where can people find you? What do you got coming up? Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Manny's Picks. You can find me on Instagram at Manny's.Picks. I talk about comics. I give recommendations. Upcoming, you'll see a guide to getting into Ultraman. So for people like you, Dimitri, who don't know what that is and want to know more, that'll be there. And then following that, a guide to Gundam for the same reason. And then we'll get back to our normal, uh, you know, comics every week sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, what, what's your social media? Did you say it already? Yes. Uh, Manny's Picks on TikTok. Manny's.Picks on Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. And Drew, where can we find you on social media? What do you got coming up? Uh, you can find me uh, all all the social media uh, has the same this the same uh, username uh, TikTok Instagram Twitter whatever uh, Drew X Deficit uh, find me uh, only things I got coming up are uh, uh, you know uh, uh, Justice League Cosmic Chaos is coming out soon that's the uh, video game I wrote for uh, for uh, uh, for Warner Brothers and and DC Comics. Uh, excited about that excited to see how people uh, react to it um, I also have uh, later this month um, my old band is getting together to play one more show um, so I had a band called time and pressure we were a hardcore punk band uh, we toured all over the country and played shows uh, unfortunately it's for somber it's it's a very sad thing um, our bass player died uh, and, uh, his family, um, asked us to, uh, uh, put together a show, uh, play one more to, uh, kind of, you know, remember him and, and his contributions to our band and, you know, uh, this music that he loved so much, um, at our, and we're also raising money to go into a foundation that they are setting up in his name to prevent, uh, young people from taking their own lives. Um, so, uh, I don't know if anybody listening to this is in the St. Louis area or will be nearby. Um, but, uh, we are playing that show and you are all welcome to come. It'll be very fun. So I'm sorry for your loss, man. Hey, it, you know, thank you. Uh, these things happen. Uh, they shouldn't, but they do. Manny, were you going to, were you going to say something? Sorry. I didn't mean to say congratulations on, on the game coming out soon, man. Yeah, game. thank you. I'm I'm excited about that. Uh we'll see uh we'll see how it goes, you know. It's uh what what kind of what we were talking about earlier about uh legacy and uh 
and 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 family those are the 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 cornerstones of the the game's story so that's awesome uh, i think I'm looking uh, forward to it if you're into that sort of stuff you know but you like it with like some a little bit of a a, a childlike flair to it uh i think you'll like the game awesome uh, I want to thank you guys again so much for coming on. I want to thank everybody out there for listening. Uh, whether you're watching us live on twitch.tv slash the Keeg show, like Wednesday poll is out there or watching us live on youtube.com slash the Keeg show, like Manny reads comics out there is, uh, or maybe you're listening to the podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcast from Apple podcast, Google play, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now Stitcher, no matter how you guys are digesting us. Thank you for digesting us. Uh, like, comment, subscribe wherever you're at. Let us know you're out there. Write a review if you're listening to the podcast. Write a review for us so we can see it, and hopefully it's a really good review, and that'll help us out a lot. It doesn't cost you a thing. Just write a write a quick review or on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and call it a night. Um, that is cool too. If you're on social media, Instagram and TikTok are big ones at the Keeg Show on Instagram and TikTok. Facebook and Twitter, we're also on, and we're also on a couple other social media platforms. Pretty much you can find us at the Keeg Show slash the Keeg Show wherever you want to. Patreon.com slash the Keeg Show. That is uh, a way to give back to the show. And then if you want to find comics near you, you can go to comicshoplocator.com. That's also another thing you can do. This is Comic Talk. We are here every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern with uh, Manny will be back. Uh, Drew will be back. We rotate the guests, uh, but we got a lot of awesome people on the show, Manny and Drew included. Uh, and I want to, you know, share our love of comics with you guys. So thank you guys so much for listening, watching, doing all that sorts of stuff. Thank you, Manny. Thank you, Drew. Once again, I'm your host, Demetri Pereira, and this has been Comic Talk for January 12th, 2023. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.